This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets saw more back-and-forth trade this week. North Star Commodity Chief Analyst Mark Schultz says concern over exports and improving weather is keeping pressure on these grains. The Hurricane Ida that went through uh, at the Gulf of Mexico, and that's uh, disrupted uh, some of the uh, port facilities there. And it, it looks as though they may be down as much as two to four weeks before they're up and operating again. Uh, so that just hurts a little bit on our demand side. The weather overall, I would still generally say, has improved dramatically uh, here. And, and obviously, it might be late, too late for some of it. But for the most part, we've put down a, quite a bit of moisture uh, here in the last 10 days. The grain market is firming as cleanup progresses at those Gulf ports. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Larry Clay says one bright spot is that this is normally not a real heavy time for export business out of the Gulf. I, I don't mean to downplay the severity of the problems, and I know there's you know, a couple of those terminals that really got hammered, those export locations, but still, this is you weren't trying to export 80 million beans or 75 million corn a week or anything like that. So as bad as it is, the timing is probably okay as we head into uh, what should be a, a big push, we hope, into China's export program as we go forward from here. While the grain markets were oversold, Bolt Marketing market analyst Dwayne Bussey said the livestock market was being pressured by a lack of fresh news. Uh, boy, more pressure. Just down, down, down that goes. Uh, you know, I, I should have news to tell you why it's going down, but there really isn't a lot of news. Uh, cutouts still remain strong. The choice to select spread it, it suggests higher prices. Demand is great. Cash is ho-hum, but boy, this market is just selling off. Just an old-fashioned, just get me out of my long positions. And, and now the charts look bad, too, so now the sellers are jumping in on the side of it, too. So just an ugly week in the cattle market. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom said the livestock market suffered from profit-taking. The market last week had posted a kind of some short-term topping signals for cattle, um, pulled back for a nice um, setback here. We're on some uh, uptrend support lines right now. The market's down about 40 points today for cattle and 80 points in feeders. And we're trying to get a better handle on where the demand is going to be after the holidays. So some people are saying, oh, no, after Labor Day, you know, there's going to be no livestock demand. And I beg to differ because we actually have tailgating that's going to happen this year for high school and college and professional football. So I think we're going to actually see demand stay strong. And Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback expects the livestock markets to maybe firm up here as the economy begins to open up. The livestock market overall is cattle market. You know, we've had some in the 130s, which is respectable, but essentially we've been on an uptrend, but slow uptrend. And the hog market's been sideways at best. And we all, I think pretty much in the environment of trade, believes that hogs and cattle are going to firm up, yes, and when the economy really goes ski, but with a variant B uh, COVID problem, everybody's kind of taking a wait-and-see attitude. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending August 26 showed net wheat sales up noticeably from the previous week, 15% above the four-week average at 295,000 metric tons. 
Old crop corn sales showed net cancellations of 301,000 tons. However, new crop sales at 1.16 million tons are 69% more than the previous week and 76% more than the four-week average. Old crop soybean sales at 68,000 tons down 9% from the previous week, but 9% more than the four-week average. New crop soybean sales of 2.13 million tons, 21% more than the previous week, 56% more than the four-week average. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. No matter how you buy ag equipment, AgDirect can finance it. Built for agriculture and powered by farm credit, AgDirect is offered by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, a name you know and can depend on. With AgDirect, you'll find options to buy, lease, or refinance equipment with attractive rates and the most ag-friendly terms in the business. We'll help you choose the financing that's right for you and help you save money. Built for agriculture, powered by farm credit. Ask for Ag Direct. Tune in to the Dry Bean Scene on the Red River Farm Network every Friday at 12.35 on this radio station. Each week we'll get an update on the dry bean crop from agronomists, farmers and processors in the region. That's the latest news in the industry coming right to your radio dial. These updates are made possible by Johnstown Bean Company, SRS Commodities, Sharpen Herbicide from BASF and the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. The Stutzman County Sheriff's Department and North Dakota Stockman's Association investigating the death of nearly 60 pregnant cows and at least 15 others that aborted calves in late July. Cattle were grazing on rented pasture in the Arrowwood National Wildlife Refuge located 30 miles north of the Jamestown area. North Dakota State University Extension Veterinarian Dr. Gerald Staka was on the scene. This is a significant death loss, and really that's the only, if you want to talk about objective clinical signs that there were, other than the abortions. Observations that was made in looking at these cows, it looked like they died over a short period of time, maybe perhaps over a 48-hour period. A reward of up to $40,000 is being offered for information that leads to the case being solved. USDA has raised the 2021 farm income forecast. Farmers will likely generate $113 billion. That's an increase of 19% from 2020. Net cash farm income is forecast at $134.7 billion. That's an increase of 21% from last year. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer says these levels have not been seen since 2013 and 2014. I like the strength. I wish it was more broad-based in terms of the commodities, but I like the strength. I think that we, you know, we're kind of looking at least another year of pretty good and pretty positive demand for U.S. agricultural commodities, kind of those bulk agricultural commodities. But I'm, all, I'm, I'm a cautious guy, so I'd like to see it a bit more broad-based, and uh, you know, I, I do worry about the folks in the West suffering drought. Government payments to farmers are expected to drop by 39%. The White House is forecasting consumer prices to be up 4.8% during the fourth quarter. That's more than double the 2% bump in consumer prices in the May report. Federal Reserve Chairman uh, Jerome Powell believes uh, the increased inflation is a temporary situation and can be addressed with tighter monetary supplies. The House delayed a vote on the $1 trillion infrastructure bill until the end of the month to focus uh, on the and a half trillion dollar budget reconciliation package. 
American Soybean Association President Kevin Scott, who farms in southeastern South Dakota, said that reconciliation bill includes language that is not favorable for agriculture. One of the things that concerns us most there is that uh, they're going to use uh, agriculture's uh, stepped-up basis loss uh, to fund those things, and it's it, that would be a critical uh, issue with uh, with farmers and small business people in the United States as to how are we going to fund uh, how are we going to fund that infrastructure uh, build, and and we're very concerned that it'll be uh, on farmers' backs and uh, it'll affect our uh, survivability into the next generation. Um, uh, our, our heirs will have to sell part of the, the factory, basically, to pay the tax bill, and that's, that's just not acceptable. And Scott says it's important for the country to invest in infrastructure, but ASA does not support bad tax policy. Federal Court in Arizona has vacated the navigable waters protection rule that was implemented during the Trump administration. North Dakota Farm Bureau Public Policy Director Pete Hannibut said this ruling just creates more uncertainty for farmers and ranchers. It's going to be hard for us to no pun intended, navigate what's going, what we do going forward. And an awful lot of inter, uh, an attorneys are going to be getting paid well to try to figure out where we go from here. And due to Hurricane Ida, the Mississippi River remains closed from Baton Rouge to the Gulf Coast. Barges are moving on other parts of the lower Mississippi, but restricted to daylight hours. Grain terminal is still assessing damage, but work has been influenced by power outages and the availability of labor being limited. That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Cap off your summer with the Western Minnesota Steam Thrashers reunion Labor Day weekend in Rolog, Minnesota. This year, featuring Oliver and Hart Parr engines along with auto gas engines, you'll enjoy hundreds of exhibits and demonstrations, Threshman's homestyle meals, and more. You can ride the rails with the 353 locomotive. Something for everyone, September 3rd through the 6th, Labor Day weekend, the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers Reunion. You'll find more details at Rolog.com. The Big Iron Farm Show, September 14th through the 16th. This is farm broadcaster Kara Hart. Join us at the Red River Farm Network Issue Center. We moved to a new location last year. Look for the signs when you're at the show. Ag Country Farm Credit Services is bringing their seminars to our building. Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. on markets. Wednesday on estate planning. And Thursday looking at the crop conditions. Red River Farm Network's Issue Center is sponsored in part by Pioneer, the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, Ag Week, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. Morning fog gave away Friday, leading to sunshines and highs in the 70s. Checking the North Dakota Agricultural Weather Network, Galesburg in North Dakota's Trail County had the most rain from the system late this past week with 3.82 inches. Fargo had 2.25 inches in Mayville, 2.11. For Ada, Minnesota, there's 1.42 inches in that rain gauge. Other rainfall totals also included Wadena at 1.1, Grand Forks at just under an inch, Roseau and Warren both at 7 tenths, Jamestown 46 hundredths, Rugby 26 hundredths, Langdon 2 tenths, and Grafton at just a tenth of an inch. And as I mentioned, the weather will be a little warmer and drier this weekend. Grand Forks based National Weather Service meteorologist Jacob Spender says there is a ridge building in the southwestern United States. So usually when I say that, we always think, oh, the heat's coming. It's not really coming this time. We've already tr start to transition to that fall kind of pattern. 
So temperatures won't get as warm, but we'll still get into the low to mid-70s across the majority of the area with some pockets of upper 60s and the upper portions of the valley towards the international border. However, there will be a slight chance of some showers potentially Friday as well as on Labor Day. And that's solely based on the fact of a short wave coming down from northwest Canada and that will kind of clip the area. The best chance for those kind of showers will be towards the international border. The September and October weather forecast for major crop production areas in Canada is expected to stay warm and dry. Placement of the jet stream is forcing cool air to remain at higher latitudes and warm, dry air to remain stationary across the Canadian prairies. AccuWeather meteorologist Brett Anderson says the good news is this should allow farmers plenty of time to get crops harvested this fall. It looks like the jet stream is going to be more directed up into northern Alberta. Much of the winds coming down off the mountains, dry and warm keeps the chillier air up across the Yukon, northern BC. So we're looking at a warm and dry September, October for much of the prairie region. So I'm not expecting much rainfall relief in those areas through October. Still looks very dry. The drought conditions in the northern plains are likely to carry over into 2022. The latest crop progress report from USDA has topsoil moisture rated at 48% short to very short in Minnesota. 63% short to very short in North Dakota, and 74% short to very short in South Dakota. USDA Midwest Climate Hub Director Dennis Toddy says the moisture from recent rains are a step in the right direction, but there will be places that don't get as much soil recovery. We're not going to fix this overnight. One rains or two rains uh, just doesn't fix it. We're going to need several rains over a period of time that's going to be able to to improve these conditions. So, uh, you know, that's what we're kind of trying to address with people and get people thinking about and prepared for. In the short term, this could mean more limited surface water for livestock. So we need to have uh, several events. We need to have, you know, a couple events in the fall. One of those, you know, day-long rainfalls that produces a couple inches of rainfall over a widespread area. We need to have a couple of those systems really try to do it. And then we really need to have, you know, for folks who really need surface water, like the ponds and dugouts and, and, and people use those for livestock, we may not be able to help those until we get into wintertime. And that's been a look at weather here on the Red River Farm Network. Reporting, I'm Megan Overby. Ag Week reports timely ag news from across the region through digital, television, and print. Join Ag Week at Big Iron and sign up for your chance to win a Blackstone Grill at the Ag Week booth, located in the Expo Center. Visit with Ag Week journalists and check out the show details on Ag Week digital or print subscriptions. Follow all of the Ag Week coverage from Big Iron by visiting agweek.com, reading Ag Week magazine, or by watching Ag Week TV. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more.